ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast devoted to three very particular things. One, we want to help you discover your purpose in life and live according to Jesus's way. Two, we want to provide clarity on why the world is the way it is. And three, we want to help you build confidence that you are living out and sharing the best way to be a human on this earth with your mm. friends and family. We can't do this without our very own Salty Pastor, Dr. Douglas Peak. Please welcome him. Welcome, everybody. I'm so glad to be with you here. We're in our series on the book of First John, and it was written uh, to refute the first century philosophy called Gnosticism, because a group of people had taken Christianity and Gnosticism and combined them, and in doing so, uh, they created a new religion, and they went out, they left the Orthodox Church, or the uh, classic faith community. They left the church, started their own church, their own religion, and it ended up uh, as a heresy, so to speak. And so John is refuting that. He's kind of talking all about it. So the reason why I think it's so important for us to study today is because I think that Americans have been trained to think like Gnostics. And so that's kind of why I love studying this book right now in this series. (laughs) Well, and I think it's been... It's been interesting for me as we've been going through this, as it is always, but specifically with these passages, it's been really pushing me to think about how I interpret life on a daily mm-hmm. basis um, and reevaluating, am I, am I expecting to have life my way or am I really enjoying it the way that God intended? I mm-hmm. loved last week on the podcast, we talked about, um, you know, having, we put so much energy into looking good and wanting the best healthcare and the best things for ourselves. Yes. And sometimes we kind of cut corners on our soul and it's like, well, why are we so, (laughs) we're so focused on everything on the outside, but we really should be trying to get the best for our inside as well. I mean, so I, I, that really hit home for me of thinking about, you know, where am I cutting corners on my soul's development and care rather than only focusing on Mm. Um, getting the best for my external mm. needs. So excellent. Love that. Um, what we, we kind of did the first half of chapter two last week. We focused on that. You, um, there was a sermon on that. Um, we're going to get into the second half of that chapter today, right? Yes. So, yes. so where does John pick up on his refutation of this new religion based on the Greek philosophy of Gnosticism or knowledgeism as we, as we coined last week? Well, you remember that uh, last week we talked a little bit about how Gnosticism kind of used this ladder. You right, know, the ladder to the, the special knowledge ladder to, yeah. and I always want to learn something new, and it's going to be this new thing to and get you to godhood idea. or like purity and <laughs> exactly. less corrupted, right? Well, and so what the underlying principle there is that if you do that, you're you're in you're in charge of your own spirituality, right? And your own you don't growth. need no help from nobody. That's you can right. do it on your own. You can rationalize anything, and Jesus then is kind of irrelevant. You see, he. Oh, he has some good advice. It was nice that he was a good guy, yeah. and he had some good thoughts. Yeah, I mean, but did he really say that? Did he really mean this? They kind and, of put him in the boat of a philosopher, right? but then they elevate these philosophers to godhood, basically. Like, yeah. they kind of flip the roles of, like, well, he was a good guy. Like, we would we would prescribe him as, like, a Gandhi. It's like, hey, yeah. Gandhi was cool. He had yeah. some great ideas, but, I mean, you know... 
this guy, he's really he's really pushing the edge of thought, and he's really up there, and that's where we need to be focused, not on this guy that, you know, he was just a nice guy. He was a nice guy. I've heard that he, phrase too many times in my life. So. Yeah, he's had a, he you know, he had a little more knowledge. He's a little further than us, but he wasn't perfect and didn't figure it out. But, but what John does right here in verse 18, listen to these words to people who think that way. And it, in the first century and today, he says, Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. So we learn that this group opposed Jesus and who he was. You know, if we go back to verse 1 uh, three weeks ago, where he talked about that there is, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Right. And they were saying, well, Jesus had darkness in him, you know, and so forth. And they they considered uh, Jesus as inferior. And so John is saying that, well, you guys are the Antichrist. Mm. Now, this is John who was known as the, uh, the apostle of love. Right. <laughs> and he's calling these people Antichrist. And what, what I think he's getting at is a, a principle that G.K. Chesterton talked about. He says, when a man stands up, there are multiple angles at which he can fall. You can fall forward, backwards, to the side, or anything in between those. Right. You know, so many, there's only one angle you can stand up straight. Mm. You know, you have to, you, there's only one way you can do it. Yeah. And that balance is beautiful. It's really cool when you have, like, somebody, you know, uh, uh, a person, a talented person who uh, balances on things, you know, and they get on a chair and they stand on it on one foot, you know, right. and the chair's on one leg on top of a table on top of a ball. And you're like, oh, my goodness, that's amazing. Well, they have to, to do that, they have to find the one perfect uh, angle. Right. Uh, there's this new thing out there, people who take anything and they balance it and stack it, you know, that's a lot of people kind of get into that. That's right. a big meme on the internet. Same type of thing. And what G.K. Testerson is saying is that you can fall down a lot of ways, but it's a stand-up only one. And John is saying you can believe a lot of stuff and it can be perverted and wrong and it's against Christ. It denies who he is. And so just like first century Rome, I think today there's so many ideologies out there. You can pick anyone you want. However, believing you can pick, believing you have the option to pick, based on what best suits you is a Gnostic way of thinking. Because without knowing it, who makes, who is the judge and who is the arbiter of the universe? You are. Right. You make yourself. So when you reject these objective truths revealed by God and you say, well, I'm going to pick my religion based on what best suits me. This is what I think makes the most sense. What you're really saying is, I'm God. Right. Well, and I think that's, I mean, again, the more we study this Gnostic way of thinking, the more you see it prevail in today's thinking. I mean, we especially see it in all of this, like, well, I want, I want my faith this way, or I want this this way. I think I know best. It's like, you know, I know, um, 
I know what's best for me. And, you know, this person has told me this is, this is the way to do this, but mm-hmm. I, I know better than them. You know, I know, but you, this you, is what will make me happy. Yeah. It'll make me happy. I know better than them. Um, I just finished financial peace university with Dave Ramsey. Yes. And, um, he has a phrase where he's like, you know, people will be like, Oh, I'm following the, 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 the Ramsey plan ish and he's like well (laughs) ish is just a wish like it's either you're doing it or you're not and that's kind of the thought process with these people that are kind of picking and choosing what they want to believe and what's going to make them happy versus you're either all in or you're all out like it's not there's no in between like I mean people want to think there's an in between they're like I can do what I want um, and it's going to make me quote unquote happy because then it's not nothing nothing is going against what I believe and what's going to be easy or nice or make me happy right so i can just live in this fantasy land but Mm. john's really pushing back on that and saying no like there's one way and you're either doing it or you're not doing it. yeah if you buy into that you're you're buying into a senseless existence so how do we avoid this this way of thinking trap that 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 we're seeing of like you can have it your way um just be happy whatever you believe is true Mm-hmm. How do well, we avoid that? You know, it's really interesting because uh, there's a bunch of research out um, in psychology that says that people who have endless choices tend to be much more unhappy. But people I who see have- that. When I, when I have a lot of choices of things I can yeah. do, I get more stressed out yeah. of like, well, I have all of the options. It's like, well, can you just like narrow it down to like yeah, a really. couple? It gets very anxious for me if I have too many options and yeah. too many choices. Well, it's like trying to pick a movie on Netflix. Yeah. You don't know what like, you want. You're I, just like, Some days uh, I just kind of wish there was a random button on yeah, Netflix. Just, you just be like, I don't know. Pick something yeah. for me. The, it's the, the, even the process of choosing is stressful. You, you spend know? more time scrolling through. Know, it's crazy. But in the same way, spiritually, listen to what John says based on what we just said. Listen to these words. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know the truth. So if you, so what he's saying is, you know, we we're talking about, hey, I, I have all these spiritual options. I can pick whatever I want, blah, 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 blah. He says, no, the Holy One, the Holy Spirit has anointed you with the truth. So it, it was given to you. There's only one truth. There's not all these options. And he says, verse 21, I do not write to you because you don't know the truth, but because you do know it and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Savior. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. Verse 23, no one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So we learned that this group specifically denied that Jesus was the Messiah. Remember I talked about the latter? And, well, I'm saving myself because I have the special knowledge. And he's saying, not so much. It doesn't work that way. So this goes back to something we preached about on the first week I brought it up. And that is when people say there are many ways to get to heaven, what they are doing is they're denying that Jesus is the Messiah. Mm. And I don't think people have really thought through that. They think, well, I'm being spiritual and I'm being nice, you know, and I'm being inclusive and, and you know, there's lots of ways to get to heaven. Well, what you're doing is you're denying that Jesus is the Messiah and you, you are 
the spirit of the Antichrist. You know, now I don't, I suggest you not bring that up in the conversation. That's with probably not the that. best way to have that conversation. <laughs> unless, but. unless Jesus says to do it, then do it. You know, right. You feel yeah. led, I guess, but like, yeah, be can, very sure about that feeling. Yeah, you could quote my uh, Greek professor who used to say to me all the time, he'd say, he'd speak in Greek. And I go, what did you say? He says, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> he, he told me that often. I was a little incorrigible in Greek class. I can't I imagine you being incorrigible. Yeah. So, but that's what he's saying. He's saying, look, you cannot deny that Jesus is the Messiah. So there's this contrast out there, and I've really thought deeply about this, and that is is uh, people will say that, well, by saying that there are many ways to heaven, um, what we're doing is we're honoring the spiritual journey of all people. And so I thought about that, and I just came to a conclusion to say, actually, I think that's really stupid. <laughs> that's really stupid because... What, what you're actually doing is you're saying that there is no real way. There's no valid way. And ultimately, we are predetermined. We have no choice because our choices are irrelevant. See, if, if like this person chooses that path, but it ends up in the same place, this, this person chooses this path, ends up in the same place, they, they can go opposite directions. Does it really matter then what path you choose? So no. then I, I can choose the one, and this is what Gnostics did, is I can choose the one that feeds my desires more than anything else, right? right. So what you're going to have to say, and this is what I think is ridiculous, is people who say, well, there's many ways to get to heaven, what you'd have to say, okay, then you have have to honor Hitler's choice or Charles Manson's choice and in, in how they lived and their hatred and, and denial of God. Oh, those people are in heaven just like Mother Teresa. See, see, you start living in this world where there is no wrong, there is no right, there's no evil, there's no good. It's, it's all just nothing. And that's why your life is senseless. It's because we buy into these ideologies that undermine the clarity of meaning and purpose in life. So that's what he's talking about in verses 20 through 23, that, that salvation is a reality that brings meaning and purpose. And if you deny that Jesus is the Messiah, you're denying the very foundation that brings your life meaning and purpose. Well, and it's, you're, like you said, you're invalidating all of your choices and other people's choices. You're, you're putting this pressure. I mean, like it's, you're creating this, this, arrogance and intolerance for other people's choices really because it's like well it doesn't really matter yeah i'm and you're putting this pressure of well you're here to make me happy so i'm going to do whatever i want that and that may affect you in whatever way and that puts that pressure but then you're also receiving that pressure of well you know your truth exactly. to be happy involves you know murder so i need to say yep that's okay you're still like you said you know hitler and charles manson are also going to heaven you're on yeah. your own spiritual journey and you may yeah. feel like uh murder is the way you feel spiritual and so i have to say yes that's fine and so it's like you're creating this arrogance that you can choose what's right and wrong with your flawed yeah 
thought process that exactly. is constantly changing. Like, how does that even make sense? Like, that doesn't, you're, you're putting so much pressure on yourself and the people around you and you're elevating yourself to a status that's really not, doesn't make sense at all. Like, yeah. I don't know. That's well, it's a great point because this is this is one of the arguments by a philosopher at Notre Dame, Plattinga, Alvin Plattinga, who's who's really brilliant. But he, when when people say, "Well, I don't want to believe in God because uh, I believe in evolution and I can rationally figure out all the answers," but he points out, he says, "Okay, if there is no God, can you trust your own thought process?" Right, and he's like. Because by your own statement, everybody who's an atheist says over and over again that our thought processes are only designed not for any spiritual purpose or altruistic purpose or good, evil, right, wrong purpose. All of our thought processes are designed for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is the survival of my DNA. So under that guise, my brain will believe things and think things that are false, wrong in a rejection of ultimate or objective reality for no other reason than to advance my own DNA. So everybody who believes in this, atheists who are worth their salt, all say the same thing, and that is, I can't trust my own brain. Man, what a terrible life to live if you can't trust yourself. <laughs> yeah. Isn't uh, it crazy? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and that's why that's why so people are so senseless today is because um I, I get it, we're busy people and a lot of people don't want to sit, you know, in a chair, drink a cup of coffee and smoke a pipe and think three hours about the statement of can I trust my own thought processes? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Most people don't want to do that, and so that's why I'm here to help you. <laughs> You're you've gone and done those that work. You've sat down and drank a cup of coffee to yeah. think for three hours. We appreciate your hard work <laughs> well you're welcome <laughs> but now my head hurts a little bit so <laughs> sorry um let's move on a little bit um what's kind of john's final point in this chapter we've kind of spent two weeks on this second chapter in first john what's his final point in this chapter well verse 24 he goes on to say as for you see that you have with that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you okay let it remain in you if it does, you will remain in the Son and the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. So verse 24 is, look, there's all these ideologies that come rolling down the pipe. There's all these kinds of things, but hold fast to Jesus. And that's how you live in security. And that's how you know, you know, you're holding fast to the authentic Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Verse 26, I'm writing these things so to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. So please remember that you live in a world where ideologies are constantly propping up and they have one purpose and one purpose in mind, and that's to lead you astray. Uh, if, he goes on to say, as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things and his anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it is taught you remain in him. So the world is all about trying to lead us astray because, as Jesus said, the thief comes to steal and destroy. And the thief is the ruler of this earthly realm. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit as an anointing to protect us, encourage us, teach us, uh, correct us, and keep us uh, connected to him. That's what it's all about. And then he kind of concludes by saying, Now, dear children, continue to live in him, be in him, 
so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. And if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. So once again, we see that he puts together that what we believe and how we behave are, are one in the same, all right? And to make sense out of life, to understand your purpose in life, you always have to try to bring your behavior in alignment with your belief. So what you believe is one of the most important things about you, and then one of the second most important things about you is allowing what you believe to always drive your behavior. Never act in a way that is contrary to what you know and believe to be the truth. And see, the that's where temptation comes, because temptation technically is a, a, a desire to act opposite of what you believe. Okay. You see? So that's what temptation does. And and so what you want to do is is that the more you focus and clarify what you believe and then the more you commit to aligning your everyday behavior with what you believe, then the less temptation you have in life. So I think when you say things like that, it's more of a it's the reason we get so focused on community and discipleship is when you're surrounding yourself with people that are encouraging you to act in a way that follows those beliefs, you're going to less often fall into those things, right? That's why we're yeah. such a big church on finding your your community, your, your tie-in. Because yeah. if you're trying to do it by yourself, you're going to constantly, it's the same reason I typically, if I'm going to you know, when I attend the gym regularly, I'm most regular if I go with a friend, right? Right, right. And because that person holds me accountable and says, hey, I know you're tired. It's 530 in the morning, but let's go do it. And I can hold them accountable. And so it creates this thing, this, this, uh, this defense against that temptation of, well, yeah. I'm going to just sleep in mm -hmm. because as much as I do want to get in shape, I like to sleep. Right. <laughs> and so I love sleeping. I, I think creating that that barrier and having someone to go to bat and defend you and say, hey, no, we're going to do this is yeah. very similar. Right. Is that is yeah. that would you say that's the same? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think that um, this is also why worship is such a big deal. See, community is important and worship. Uh, and to us, worship is not just singing. A lot of people think, oh, singing, that's worship. I thought but, that wasn't my job description. <laughs> that's my job description. But it's, it's doing ministry. Ministry is worship. Serving uh, the church. Finding out your spiritual gift. That's worship. You know? Uh, and so what you... When you worship God, what you're doing is you're refining your belief, what you believe about God and about yourself and about G the work of Jesus in you. That's what worship is. Now, worship is also praying. You know, Pastor Harvey is really good about encouraging us. Pray, 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 yep, pray. Yep, yep. You know, and he's always on that coaching and leading and instructing on prayer. It's just a, a great, great thing to be in the life of a believer because what prayer does is it aligns you with what God is doing. Prayer, the point of prayer isn't to get God to do what you want him to do. The point of prayer is to have a communication with him so that you know what he's thinking, you start to understand what he's doing, and you're aligning yourself with him. 
and where he's going and what he's doing, not only in the world, but in your own life, how he's changing and growing and uh, inspiring and encouraging you. As he said, John said earlier, you have an anointing of the Holy Spirit within you. What prayer does is it sensitizes you to that. Right. So that that's so important. And so it's, it's community. Uh, it's worship, which is prayer and service. You know, singing expressively is great because that puts God up there and me in alignment with him, right. you know? So all of those things are, are really powerful. The, the proclamation of the word, you know, that the whole point about the proclamation of the word is, is refining our belief. And the, the stronger our beliefs are, the more convinced we are of the truth of the reality in which we live, then what happens, it's like you said, you, you grow more because you have a community that you're doing it with. So, yeah, I think that John addresses all of those things in the latter half of the second chapter. And every single thing he's saying is an absolute refutation of the influence of Gnosticism in a person's life. The reason why so many people today are, uh, live senseless lives is because they don't know what they believe. They don't know why they believe it. They're not in any community that helps them to aspire to what they should believe. And that's why their lives are completely senseless. Well, and I think it's important, you know, we've been really um, trying to refine what people are getting out of this podcast. Um, and I think the biggest thing we're really focusing on is we want you to be able to think for yourself so that you can have these conversations around people. They're not always going to take the initiative of coming and listening to our half hour podcast to start going, oh, I should start thinking about these crazy things or that I believe and how they maybe are adversely affecting me. Correct. But the people that are listening can start those conversations. You know, you hear someone say, I'm just so upset with my life. I just am never happy. And then you can start helping them break down because you've thought through it. We're not here to tell you what to think. We're just pointing out these options and you can break it down. And that involves you talking with fellow believers, but also with people that aren't believers yeah. and go, hey, I was listening to this podcast. This was a point they brought up. How do you feel about this? And it's going to help you refine your faith, but it also might open a door to them to discover why they're feeling so aimless in the world these days. Yeah. So having those conversations is really the next step when it comes to listening to this podcast. It's fine for you to to listen and, you know, we love you coming and hanging out with us, but we want you guys to be utilizing this as a resource so that you can further refine the edge of your own beliefs and faith and your thoughts and then be able to take those and start having real meaningful conversations with other people. Yeah. Well put. Yeah, I think that's true is that it, we're here to help people and coach them to to be the hero in the lives of the people around them. Right. So that is all we have time for today. Um, we're going to continue this, this discussion um, on the second half of First jo uh, John chapter 2. Um, on Thursday, we'll, we'll put some practical application on it. But we just really encourage you guys to have some conversations. Uh, make sure if you are needing any additional resources, you listen to some of the other episodes, or you can always drop a line to Pastor Doug if you've got questions um, at his email on Foothills. You can ask mm -hmm. me questions, but he's the smarter one of the two of us. So I think you'd be better off. So thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll see you on Thursday here on The Salty Pastor. Signing off, my friends.